Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is the Real Lives Untold podcast with myself, Trina O'Connor. And myself, Sarah O'Connor. We are focusing on all things crime and human interest. We're creating a space for people to tell their stories, the raw, unedited version. People were really, couldn't get their heads around it either. It was that, it was such a fine January afternoon. People yeah. have forgotten now, but there was a spell of fine weather yeah. and it was sunny and it was bright. And so we're, and everybody knew then if she had just come from teaching in primary school and it was about three o'clock and that's mm-hmm. what I was, it was around, you know, before three when she set out for a walk. Once you start coping with the shock that someone has been killed, then you're wondering, well, how could it have happened? In this episode, Trina and I discuss the murder of 23-year-old schoolteacher Ashling Murphy in January 2022. The 23-year-old was attacked by vicious predator Joseph Puska as she exercised beside the canal in Tullamore in County Offaly in broad daylight just before 3.30 in the afternoon. We're joined by local journalist Garold Keegan, who takes us through the case from beginning to end. Well, Deputy Editor of the Tullamore Tribune, Garold Keegan, is joining us this evening. Trina, thanks yeah. so much, Garold. You've just actually rushed from the Central Criminal Court where Joseph Pushka has just been sentenced to life in prison for the murder of Ashling Murphy. And we want to, I suppose, remember Ashling today, a 23-year-old woman who was robbed from her family and, such, and her loved ones in such a monstrous way. Yeah. And I think we can all remember how on the 12th of January... 2022 mm. the country nearly came to a standstill Absolutely, over this didn't yeah. it yeah I, I, can we like, go back to that we'll get yeah. to the sentencing hearing and i know there was some poignant victim yeah. impact evidence today yeah. but can we go back to that day yeah and how you heard about Ashley's yeah. death um i live just maybe 500 meters 400 meters up from the the point on the the grand canal bank where the people who became central to this story were actually walking along uh, so you know um, all my, myself and all my family are up and down that that canal bank all the time it is it is the local amenity and it became even more popular because it was paved property and became designated as a proper greenway but um that day um so i passed that point every day in and out of town you know and that day was actually wednesday i remember well because i, I was actually up covering uh, the uh, sitting in the court in tullamore that day and it was a lovely sunny day by the time i was getting home it was around uh, 5 30 quarter to six and it was already dark for January 12th, which it would be. But um, the first thing I noticed was, that, which was very unusual, was that there was a, I just glimpsed what appeared to be a bollard, a couple of bollards, and I noticed it was a guard of cordon across um, the point where you walk along the Grand Canal. And everybody knows this, this spot now because there's a monument to Fiona Pender there, mm. the, the woman who went missing. Yeah. She was seven months pregnant. She's been missing um, since 1990. 
five now. So, um, you know, I didn't know what was going on. Um, I just went home and came back down again. And then the people in the local shop were talking about, oh, no, someone, someone's after being attacked down the canal. The guards are down there. You know, it sounds serious, you know. And I went along out the road and there's a, it was discussed during the trial, there's a, a bridge over the town bypass where you have a view if you stand in the ridge both directions of the That's canal. Right. And I met a photographer up there and he said, oh, yeah, it looks like a, a woman has been attacked. Now at that point, um, we didn't know the extent of it, but people feared the worst. That's the, Those are literally the words that people were mm-hmm. using, you know. And then fairly soon, people actually started saying that, that it was a woman, a, a, a local teacher. Yeah who was um, down the canal after work and she was a teacher as we as we know now in Dora National School which is about four miles between Tullamore and Kilbeckin quite near the Dublin j- just halfway between Tullamore and the, the Dublin Galway motorway there's a, a primary school there and that's where she was teaching I think everybody you know uh, people couldn't get their heads around you know what was going on really you know I mean there was a number of hours that evening when people were hoping against hope that it wasn't as bad as you know we subsequently found out it was you know yeah so you know of course the next day we knew there was a full scale you know murder hunt on yeah and we had heard from the beginning that it was random that this that the the perpetrator and and Ashling weren't known to each other that this was a random attack which was very unusual really yeah and the, the, what people were really couldn't get their heads around either it was that it was such a fine January afternoon people have forgotten now but there was a spell of fine weather and it was sunny and it was bright and so and everybody knew then if she had just come from teaching in primary school it was about three o'clock and that's Mm -hmm. what it was it was around you know before three when she set out for a walk three o'clock in the afternoon sunny day really popular exactly that, that greenway was even grew in popularity because of COVID and we were still in the COVID period at this stage so it was used an awful lot more than it used, used to be used before that mm-hmm. so you know nobody could understand it it was, it was uh, completely baffling as to you know yeah. once you get once you start coping with the shock that someone has been killed then mm-hmm. you're wondering you know how could it have happened you know yeah, yeah. and of course I, we subsequently discovered that there were plenty of witnesses around yeah. you know and reporting on something like that I remember Garoda I remember you as well um, Sarah reporting on I remember I sent you a text because yep. I was so concerned about you because you could see all of the reporters that were reporting on this were so affected by it like mm-hmm. I mean you coming from the town how how did how did it affect you like have you got daughters or have you got nieces like how did it affect you on a on a personal level because it almost was personal for everybody wasn't it oh yeah it, it was yeah mm-hmm. and um even though I didn't know the Murphys, yeah. I remember I'd seen, you know, uh, Ray Murphy, Ashton's father, was in a band, yeah. Best Foot Forward. I That's did right. actually subsequently remember saying, oh, yeah, I remember seeing Best Foot Forward once, you know, on, on a night out, you know. Mm. Um, but then, of course, gradually over the next day, I discover coincidentally that um, Ryan Casey, Ashton's uh, boyfriend, was in the same year as one of my kids in school, mm-hmm. in secondary school. And then Amy, Ashton's older sister, was a year um, ahead of one of my girls yeah. and Ashton was just a couple of years below and they all went to the same school and two of my daughters went to the same school so there were there were uh, yeah, ab- absolute shock you know it was uh, yeah. terrible and then on top of all that one of my other kids one of my sons was actually walking on the, the canal bank that day and he's one of the many 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 people who were mm. um, asked by the, the Gardaí the, uh, the, the normal appeal went out for anybody who That's might have right. any information. If they had to see any. my wife, Julie, and I said, Matthew, this is the son I'm talking about. You know, you're going to have to um, mm. go down to the station, you know, mm. and tell them 
tell them police that you were there. It affected you know? the whole community. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he, you know, he told them what he could remember. And he, he, he's fairly sure that he was one of the people who actually saw Ashling. You know, as he was walking along, he was going in the opposite direction. She was direction. starting out on her. And walk. then, yeah, from yeah. from the description he was given, you know, mm. he thinks he saw her. And um, you know, the, the Garda investigation was very thorough. I mean, the I think twice Gardy came up to our house, and um, ultimately, one of the detectives actually brought Matthew and walked the same route yeah. again with yeah. him. You know, so they were really trying to retrace everybody's yeah. steps and try and get a picture of of the walk Ashling would have been on yeah. on that day. And I think that was. That evening, I remember doing a live from here, from my home, actually, because I couldn't make it down that evening. But it was the following morning, went down to the press conference. But I remember what struck everybody was that there were so many witnesses in the area that, that, you know, and that somebody had been arrested immediately. Mm. So everyone assumed, you know, this was cut and dry, but it wasn't, Gerard. Can you tell us what happened? Mm. No, um, they arrested the wrong man. Um, Mm. One of the key key eyewitnesses was a woman called Jenna Stack, who's also a teacher. She went for um, a, a run with her friend, Aoife Marin. And these are people who we'd all know, like Aoife Marin and, and uh, Jenna Stack would actually be known through Tullamore J Club, you know, fairly well, you know. Yeah. And um, they went for their run. They parked in the same car park as Ashley Murphy did. There's actually a free car park just the other side of the canal where everybody parks for work reasons or if yeah. they work in the nearby school and that kind of thing because the school she went to was just, just beside that car park so um, they parked there and they went for their um, run um, and uh, they came as we know now came upon you know the murder taking place mm-hmm. you know and um, that was uh, uh, a shock to everybody you know yeah. and word got out fairly quick that you know these two women had seen what they'd seen and then people were trying to ponder over the mystery of how how could it have happened because it turned out that everybody knew everybody i mean Aoife Mar- Marin's father-in-law was the house that they they had left their phones behind them for mm-hmm. this run and her father-in-law just happens to be living just further up the canal one of the nearest houses to the point where the yeah. murder happened and that's where they were going you know so in a sense you know you'd be wondering like with all these people who know each other you know h- how did how did he get away with it yeah. but as we know he did flee the scene yeah. and then because of the description that was given he he did look a bit like Joseph Puska mm-hmm. was another man Radu Floresel was misidentified as Joseph Puska in a, in a lineup yeah. now of course at the time i remember talking to people about this and I remember telling other reporters who were you know more experienced at the crime scene than I am and they said well we don't even we're not even sure if the Irish guards were using you know lineups anymore because they're proved to be fairly yes. unreliable yeah. this is a classic example of where it was unreliable yeah. I mean you know Dennis Stack's evidence as the judge said was extremely strong yeah. apart from that she was that very one, clear apart yeah exactly that, apart yeah. from yeah. what she saw apart from that so and again, you interviewed that, yeah, that first yeah, guy yeah, didn't that, you after he was released and there was shock you know, it yeah, was, there it was, was kind yeah. of un- in my experience in crime reporting, I hadn't experienced that before where it was like, hold the press. Yeah. yeah. This guy has been released, you know, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah, completely yeah. exonerated. Yeah. What was going on in the background there? He was being questioned because he was somebody who had been in, in difficulty, shall we yeah. say, before I'd been before the courts for other completely unrelated matters. And yes. Donald was representing yeah. him, you know, and but his name was obviously, you know, there in, in the minds of, of some of the local guardie yeah. and once the description was given 
But crucially, he had been on the canal bank that day on the opposite bank because he lives quite nearby. Yeah, and he yeah. would walk from his house across the road, yeah. across the field and then down the canal bank and up and down on his way to on his way to or back from one of the local shops. And that's what he was doing. So he was placed at yes. the scene. So, I mean, look. Oh, the guards were just to, doing their job. Yeah, if like somebody's he, identified he, to he them, to they have to follow yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And all, and and all then, roads did lead to him with yeah, the description yeah, yeah, yeah. and he was on and the then, canal. And then but, he was taken in and he was identified by one of yeah. the, the, the witnesses. And, the and he would have been eliminated on. pretty quickly then. Uh, well, w- the, with DNA. Yeah, correct. And it took a while for that to... His solicitor believed that he was going to he was going to be the man who was charged right, yeah. until the DNA. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. again, that's the other thing. There was no sense to this crime. People talk about perfect crimes. Mm-hmm. This was this was the imperfect crime. Yeah. He left yeah. his bike at the scene. Yeah. You know, so let's and talk the bike about the fingerprints him, and the DNA out. Joseph yeah. Busca, yeah. Yeah. Let, yeah. Let's talk about him and, and that bike at the scene and how he came in onto the Garda radar. Yeah. Yeah. Well, as we know, um, he, as we found out during the trial, and we kind of had an some of this information uh, be- before the trial that, that he ended up in hospital mm. in, in James's hospital in, in Dublin and coincidentally another of these very strange coincidences there had been a stabbing in Blanchardstown mm. I think it was the same day was. and whether um, Joseph Puska knew this or not but he spun this line that what happened that day down was that he was stabbed himself in Blanchardstown you know, and that's why he ended up in hospital in, in James's hospital. Now that story subsequently fell apart because, mm-hmm. in fairness, the guard—I think the guards in Blanchardstown had did. been told by the hospital that he said he was from Tullamore or he came up from Tullamore at some point. So, put two and two together, contacted the guards in Tullamore who were investigating yeah. something completely separate. So th- they went to the hospital and questioned him, and um, ultimately, that's what got the first suspect out. You know, yeah. but um, yeah, it's uh, it was. And he confessed. Uh, he, he confessed. And, you know, the, the, the words were spoken through an interpreter who was actually on the phone in the hospital. But there were, it was quite clear, you know, I murdered, I am the murderer. You know, it couldn't yeah. be any clearer, mm-hmm. you know. And um, and subsequently, as you know, he started denying all this, you know. Yeah. Um, during, during the trial, he retracted it and yeah, said he, he wasn't yeah. hopeless yeah, mentis yeah. and, yeah, and yeah, all of yeah. that and tried to Exactly, take it yeah, back. yeah, yeah. And, you know, the... Those of us who know the the canal bank well, you know, like a lot of canals, you have the main waterway and there's often a drain running along uh, one side. So there's a dip and that's it's in that dip where this, this struggle was taking place that Jenna Stack and Aoife Marin saw. Right. And the drop is, you know, between six and ten feet and there's you know, it's undergrowth. So, you know... Um, there's no question about it. You can't get through that without getting scratches on you. Yes. He had all these scratches on him, yeah. you know. And defence so, marks as yeah, well. Exactly, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, there was DNA. His DNA was found on the handlebars of the bike. There's a famous picture that the Gardaí actually did release of the bike. That's right. And it had the, the plastic covering over the two handlebars, mm-hmm. but not anywhere else. Mm-hmm. So people who were very clued in said, OK, they're mm-hmm. preserving the handlebars for yeah. a reason, you know. Yeah. They found his fingerprints under the saddle, the way he lifted the bike. Mm-hmm. And... Um, so and then crucially, of course, uh, they found that they matched the, the, his DNA with DNA found under for samples found swabs from her uh, fingernails on both of her hands. So you know, um, there was the evidence against him was very strong, yeah. but but for whatever reason, and I I can't see into his mind. He, he having given this story to the guards, effectively. The second story, I call it, because the first story was that he was stabbed himself in Blanchetown. The second story was that I did it. Mm-hmm. I am the murderer. And then 
suddenly he f- claims during the trial or in further questioning that he'd forgotten what he said originally. Yeah. So he, 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 when he was brought down to Tullamore Station and questioned, he suddenly couldn't remember the things yeah. that he claimed had happened when he was talking to the guardian in the, in the hospital in, in uh, James's. And he spun a so number of tales He did, well, yeah. So like there, that there was, there was another killer and yeah. that he'd this is the What I call big lie number, story number three yeah. was told yeah. during the trial. Yeah. Now, of course, we now know that, you know, even before he told that story, something very dramatic happened as well. Um, I wasn't up at the trial. I was up at the trial, I think, one day of week two. It was a Wednesday when I was able to come up. And, uh, of course, we discovered on Wednesday morning that that was the very day that um, Joseph Pusket was not going to appear yes. uh, because something had happened the previous night. Mm-hmm. Of course, the jury couldn't hear any of this at the time, but yeah. in, in Clover Hill. And effectively what happened was, a, a, as Judge Mr. Justice Tony Hunt called it, a sick note was handed in to the court. So he didn't appear. Now, we now know that the reason he didn't appear was because there was concern about whether he would self-harm or take his own life or was there a botched attempt or was there yeah. was he putting it out there that he was at risk of taking his own life that night mm-hmm. so effectively he got the, the the day off as some people would cynically put it on, on that Wednesday and then it was the Thursday the next day that he told this brand new story that he had been stabbed mm-hmm. himself on the canal that day by convenient enough a tall man wearing a COVID mask tall dark man wearing a COVID mask and he and, was detecting and that same man who attacked Ashling mm. and Joseph Puska the good Samaritan the yeah. hero of the hour mm. had gone to help Ashling mm. yeah. was trying to help her down mm. in, in the brambles and the briars um, mm. on the canal bank and uh, he got disturbed by this woman who we now by know Jenna. was Jenna Stack and mm. she said something and he said something back he yeah. panicked and Can he we, ran you know, Can we talk about that? Jenna's evidence, I thought that was just so chilling. It was extremely strong. Mm. Absolutely. It was so strong, mm. but yeah. I, can't, I can't even imagine how that was for yeah. her for family, family to hear that. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, what yeah. happened in, yeah, in the Yeah, because already they had been through the, the, the pathologist, mm-hmm. uh, pathologist report, you know, which unfortunately the pathologist does the job and has to give the, the yeah. actual medical evidence of what was happening we heard about the uh, I think they were called 11 stab wounds plus another wound plus another one what they called an incision yeah. at, at the voice box so we had to hear the, the fact that maybe she wasn't able to cry out at some point during this struggle mm-hmm. and uh, Jenna Stack's evidence was was identified by Mr Justice Tony Hunt as, as the key eyewitness evidence and he actually repeated it word for word and it took really long in his um, directions to the jury on, on the second last day of the trial. And I think the reason he did that, did that was because as far as he was concerned, we had all the other evidence, but this was the key eyewitness. Yeah. And he was making the point to the jury that, yes, there was misidentification. He had misidentified the person, but he said, consider her evidence very carefully. And the most striking part, I think, is what you're thinking of, Sarah, was where she said in her evidence that she had seen, she knew there was a woman, there was a man with his back to her and you could see the woman kicking. And I remember hearing her evidence and she actually said, it was something that struck with me was that she, she literally said something like, it was what she was kicking like we would be told to do when we're in the gym. That it was kicking. If you're lying kicks, on the floor yeah. and kicking up high like a scissors mm-hmm. kick, you know, and she could see that she was she was kicking very strongly. So we know, of course, from the the fact that the, there was his DNA on her fingernails nails that she did struggle, you know. Yeah. And um, what we don't know is um, the, 
was she dead when Joseph Puska left the scene? Mm-hmm. Uh, we kind of know her last moments and last minutes, unfortunately, which is extremely tough for the family and her boyfriend, oh, Ryan Casey, goodness. from the Fitbit, which, yeah. you know, was able to effectively monitor her heartbeat, you know, as it declined, you know, up to a certain point by about 3.30 or 3.31, you know. And um, that was extremely tough for the family. There was at one, I think there was, it was, a uh, not sure, was it at that point, that evidence, or was it in pathologist's evidence where, Justice Hunt did say to the parents, Ray and Kathleen, that they could go to the overflow courtroom if they wished. And at one point, they did take that opportunity of going into the over court, overflow courtroom, you know, uh, where there might be a bit more privacy and fewer people mm. around for that part of the evidence, you know. But, uh, yeah, extremely, extremely difficult um, for everybody, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And for people to hear about her last moments and yeah. that they were documented on her Fitbit. Yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah, yeah. I know. I mean, it's, um, you know, people talk about the trial, you know, bringing things back and I remember people saying to me before the trial started oh it's going to be terrible hard for the family you know to sit through all this which it was Mm -hmm. but at the same time when you're there in the courtroom and you see them there you know what I was picking up from them from looking at the the non-verbal communication if you like was that you know they knew this was all part of the process you know and I mean uh, people often kind of wonder why why did this story you know become not just a local story of the county not just Ireland but it actually went worldwide Mm -hmm. and none of us can put our finger on it we can say well look it was literally middle Ireland it was like you know people or an ordinary family from the the middle of the country you know she was a girl in her early 20s you know she was teaching in a school you know it was in broad daylight yeah I think too Garod as a woman as a female I think for many of us and I think Sarah and I have talked about this I think many of us felt she did everything right. Yeah. yeah she did everything yeah. right. She she went out in daylight, as you say. Yeah. She went to a well populated area. Yeah. She was she took all of the safety precautions that we take yeah. every day. Yeah, yeah. I, like yeah. it's getting dark now. I yeah. wouldn't go for a walk now. I know. And I'm sure Ashling yeah. wouldn't have either I, because she knew as a female in this modern world we have to take precautions. Yeah. And I think that's why it was so shocking. Absolutely. And I remember when we did the vigil at the doll and I went to the yeah. doll and I spoke to many people, colleagues of mine and people that um I just met on the day. Yeah. And I think that's what it was we were all talking about. She did nothing wrong. Yeah. She didn't deserve this. Nobody deserves even if somebody did go out in the dark, yeah. Yeah. they wouldn't deserve it either. But I think that was what was most poignant about it. Oh, was yeah. uh it was so random and there was so yeah. many people around like you say so yeah and, and we were talking girl yeah. just on the drive up here that yeah. you know you knew somebody yeah in Tullamore who lived close oh, yeah. to Correct, yeah. to Joseph Busca yeah. and yeah. said oh my god it could have been any of us yeah. at yeah, any yeah. time because yeah. this was a classic predator yeah. who mm. was and the guards were very clear about this yeah. he just wanted to kill a woman yeah, yeah. 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 and it could yeah. have been at any time. Yeah. And he did try earlier on. He oh, had yeah. stalked two women. Like he had stalked other women. And mm. had he not been caught, you In could be sure. In the day or two after the killing, yeah. people were talking, you know. Mm. And, um, you know, it was one of those cases because it was a, a good while before someone was charged. So, of course, the mm. media, if you like, had free reign mm. on yeah. reporting, you know, which is yeah. a good a good thing and a bad thing. So pretty soon we, we found out that people, that women were followed and were had told mm. the guards that were followed and names were mentioned to me yeah. you know about um uh, people who, who felt they were followed mm. you know all of which was true as we know now from the trial yeah and um i remember what a lot of people were talking to me about this at the time and i remember being interviewed on one occasion and without even thinking about it i said straight up 
honestly, it never occurred to me morning, noon or night not to go down that canal bank on my own or not, you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. And I, I remember I, d- I started training for a marathon up and down that because it was a level, you know, mm-hmm. and I would go six miles up and six miles back, you know, to, to get yeah. ready for a half marathon, you know, <laughs> and w- without seconds yeah. off. Whereas for my wife and um, yeah. daughters, yeah. completely different, you know, well, th- well, no, they would we, say. We take precautions. And yeah, actually yeah. still, yeah. lots of people, n- 22 months later, yeah. they, they still don't do that, you yeah. know, they still won't... Yeah. Um, go out on their own as much which is you know an awful tragedy it's it terrible um, well, well you can't as a woman you can't go out with headphones in even yeah. even mm. even during the day if I'm going for a walk on my own I wouldn't put yeah. he, he, headphones or anything because you always have you to have be aware yeah. yeah wary yeah, yeah. And as a person with a very deep voice I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns but a deep voice doesn't sell B2B and advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. That's what's so sad. I think I heard her mum saying that Ashley had just been talking to her about yeah. her new regime in January, which yeah, we all do. We I all know. set out in January and we have a new exercise regime and we oh, have our yeah. New Year's resolutions. Yeah, she said she was going to get her fitness back. That's it. Yeah, for another camogie season. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, it's really yeah, typical. Because yeah, yeah, she played camogie for her club and for, yeah, for Offley. Yeah. I yeah. think the randomness of it, though, was what struck people too, that it's rare in Ireland because a, a lot of the homicides, mm. they are perpetrated, especially on women, by people mm. who they know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and that was something that kind of struck us as well. And, and that's something I want to get onto in relation to that rumour that was going around in relation to Joseph Puska oh, that yeah. he that they were known to each yeah. other. And yeah, that yeah. went around. That was a very strong rumour. Yeah, and that was, yeah. was nationwide. Yeah. Yeah, but in it, fairness to the guards yeah. from day one, they were very adamant that this that they were not known to each other. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, this rumour yeah. was very strong in the background, which kind of, yeah. I think people just don't want to accept that this exactly. is random. Yeah, it's that's, too that, it's I too think that's what was behind yeah. it too. Yeah, it's yeah. just too much to take in. Yeah. You know, it really is the stuff of fiction. You know, yeah. the stuff of like Hitchcock the, movies. The rumour you know? was that yeah. his child or something yeah. was yeah. in there. Yeah, there was a two-slam involvement and there was a complaint. Yeah, a grudge basically. You know, this was, and in fact, Amy Murphy mentioned it today in her victim impact statement. And she, it was That's one of the things Ashling's that really sister. annoyed her. Yeah, Ashling's yeah. um, older sister, you know. Mm. So um, I remember saying to people at the time, no, I, I don't believe that, you know. Yeah. Um, but none of us could could make any sense of why um, 
And we still don't know. Yeah. And, and, and the judge said that today. He did. He, he, he did. still don't yeah, know still why, don't know. and he still yeah. hasn't. Yeah, 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 but sure, yeah. there is no why because he wanted to. Yeah. He wanted yeah. to. It looks that way. Yeah, yeah. I think we can't get to grips with that either. Yeah, he's simply. A predator yeah. who wanted to kill him. Literally, a, a, a Sarah, toxic masculinity. Yeah, yeah. Simple well, as that. Yeah, an evil person. You, um, you, Sarah, you won't mind me saying a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about this, yeah. I asked you and you, how will the trial go and what do you mm. think? And I said, I was wondering, like curious, like a lot of people, will, will the defence, being very cynical, will they go the psychiatric route? Yeah. You know, And you actually just gave your personal opinion, if you don't mind me saying. Mm. Yeah. You said he's a bad Yeah. What meaning would be, mm. you know? Yeah. And um, I said, okay. Mm. And having seen him even today, you mm. know, um, at one point, uh, the judge began the sentencing hearing began today with the judge speaking about um, issues which had arisen during the trial and which required him to rule on, mm. particularly the admissibility of evidence. And of course, one thing there was a big argument over was, will we admit the the confessions that he made in the hospital yeah. because there were the uh, he wasn't formally cautioned for them, you know. But anyway, they were they, they were right, admitted yeah. to evidence. But I could see at that point was the first sign when Joseph Puska, you know, was reacting a bit. You know, his head was moving, you know, mm. and he was listening to the interpreter. And it he wasn't was going over his at the way. Judge. Exactly, yeah, yeah. So he's reminded, you know. Mm. And then at another point, a, a, another um, issue was discussed and he, you know, he just put his head kind of as if he was, raising his eyes up to heaven at another point he kind of half shook his head you know so um, certainly I've come round to the view that that yeah that's it he, he's a bad person well, he's a complete yeah. psychopath yeah. no yeah. empathy yeah you know yeah. lack yeah. of feeling smirking smirking yeah, yeah. it's true yeah. And, yeah, yeah, and in yeah, the yeah. impact uh, statements I mean I, I read some of them what I could see so far and, yeah. and I think I, like I, I don't know like I I was so close to tears listening yeah to so was I like it yeah. Yeah. it was just I mean, the family, yeah, like they will never, ever get over the loss of, of lovely Ashling. Yeah. But I think their bravery in what yeah. they said oh, and yeah. how they faced him down. Maybe you might talk. Oh, us yeah. Through. No, I remember at the time um, the bravery has been there all the mm-hmm. way through. Mm-hmm. And I think that's probably something that struck a chord with people. Yeah. Um, Ray Murphy, you know, I suppose in a sense, he's a. He has been a public person because he's in a band and he plays banjo and his two daughters have performed in public, you know, yeah. and just lots of videos still of them, you know, mm. play, playing trad music. Um, and she was an accomplished um, musician, you know. And even today at the sentencing hearing, when I heard again about her fiddle playing and the fact that her her pink um, uh, case for holding her fiddle is still at home, gathering dust, I think was the phrase that was used. Um, you know, I thought of one of the little, there, there were so many notes left um, at the murder scene in various places along the canal. One of them was, and lots of them were from kids that she had been um, teaching fiddle to. And one of them was literally, you know, oh, goodbye, the, b- the best fiddle teacher ever, you know. So, I mean, um, it was, yeah, everything uh, was extremely personal. Yeah, you it know? was, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. When they I think speak about we still set five places yeah, for exactly, dinner. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, that was extremely Stuff like that. And when, yeah, when yeah. Ryan talked about the last time he saw her, he didn't hug her because yeah. it was yeah, COVID. COVID. I mean, that yeah, yeah, yeah. that oh, just yeah. tore me asunder. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, literally. I like, mean, the dates just yeah. jump out, you know, get yeah. etched into my mind. You know, he literally said, he, Ryan Casey said he, he last um, saw her in person on the, on the 10th of mm. January mm. and she was going off to do some shopping. She'd been down mm. at his house 
and uh, they were planning a trip the trip to, up to Manchester on the 21st of January mm-hmm. and because of Covid people were isolating at home mm-hmm. and they didn't want it like everybody at the time they don't want to run the risk of missing your flight or not being able to go on your trip so they didn't hug each other and we said we looked at each other into each other's eyes for three or four seconds you know and um, yeah that was uh, terrible I mean he I look. I've never been at the vic- a victim impact. I've never heard victim impact reports presented before in in a, in a case of murder, and hopefully, I never will have to again. Mm-hmm. But you know, Mr. Justice Hunt even said that these were among the most mm-hmm. powerful you'd ever come across. Now, yeah. Ryan and Ryan Casey went first, you know, and he went again. What will strike, I think, a chord with local people as well that he went all the way back to when when they were both fifteen years of age they met at the rugby club disco now the rugby club disco is Tullamore rugby club where you know it's kind of a rite of passage for for young people you know <laughs> the first disco you're allowed to go to if you like and they were both from about three miles just out from the town you know so that's where yeah. they would have gone again he spoke something that a lot of people would identify with he said he said he was at a minor hurling um dinner dance medal presentation the club Clarkla had won the title then even more so he spoke about another um event uh, he had been on the Kilcormac Clyde team that won the intermediate, the, the awfully intermediate hurling championship, and she wasn't at it with him. And he said today that he left early, yeah. you know, and he went home and he rang her, yeah. you know, yeah. And yeah. Uh, he wanted to kind of because he couldn't firm up the relationship. Her. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. wanted to. Yeah, tell, he actually said to he her, wanted to say, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm your boyfriend, yeah, exactly, you're yeah. my gay yeah, yeah, friend. Yeah, he just yeah, wanted to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just. Yeah, and I mean, he laid out the plans they had for the future. Yeah. You know, he said we're both planners. So much you living to do. Yeah. They so had a site picked and out. Then, and then he, build looked, a house. And he mm. looked at him and he said, did, you yeah. took that from me. Mm. And he I, did, yeah. yeah, mean, yeah. You, he you said, and the other really striking thing I found was that he said um, he can't watch anything anymore involving yes. violence, but he can't even, even when he picks up a can't knife I, now mm, to yeah. eat, he has problems, oh you know. The, the trauma. trauma. So, yeah, the trauma. And yeah. the trauma yeah. only yeah. really starts for them now yeah. because they're probably yeah. suspended waiting yeah. for the trial yeah. and the yeah. verdict yeah. and yeah. hoping yeah. that the right verdict yeah. comes in, yeah. which yeah. it has. But it, I know. you often find that families only start to, it starts to hit them when the, the criminal justice part of it is over. Yeah, yeah. You, know? well, I, you mentioned something there earlier. Um, you, you were talking about the family's bravery. And I think yeah. I got sidetracked in what I was going to say. You know, I remember at the time thinking that, that they were... Ray in particular was out in public a lot you know there were these vigils and he actually took part in them and he played some music at them mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and um, in a sense I thought at the time that actually they were carrying the rest of us yeah. along yeah. people mm-hmm. say oh the public there's a great support from the community but I was looking at the other end and saying no yeah. they're actually helping us deal with this you know yeah. that's still yeah. still the case you know yeah, yeah. that yeah. they're going to keep yeah. Stay strong for yeah. her and, yeah, exactly, and in yeah. memory yeah. of her. Yeah, in her honour. In her honour, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And then we were just talking about it before we started, that, that court appearance yeah. the, a week after Ashling was murdered. Oh, yeah. You were there, obviously, Garoud. Yeah. I was there. Yeah. I don't think I've ever experienced anything like it, if I'm honest. Yeah. In terms yeah, of yeah. that collective energy that was at just outside the courtroom because yeah. a lot of the Even locals before, arrived. If you remember, yeah, you were down near the, the Garda station and there was a, there was a, there was a chipper across the road and everybody was waiting yeah, yeah, to see what's happening. Is this man going to yeah. appear in court? And there yeah. was this sense of anticipation. Mm-hmm. Not every, people weren't too sure what was going to happen because we already had a man, you know, yes. taken yes. in or released. Yeah. But it looked fairly sure. But everybody was looking at the, at the Garda station yeah, see who they was going in and out. You know, from around six o'clock. Peop- yeah, 
members of the public just started gathering in the little like square. It was like mobs. It was, yeah. the ban was mobbed. Yeah. Like, yeah, so when, you when, was, when you were watching it on the telly, you were there. But when you were watching it on the telly, how did it feel to you? Because I was frightened watching it. Uh, yeah, I, I was frightened it's, it's, for The interesting thing was, I, I never felt unsafe. I was standing on the steps yeah. and the cameraman was beside me, but I never felt unsafe personally. Yeah. But I, it was the energy, whatever it was, yeah. it was so vitriolic. I just thought, you know, they could get him. You know, yeah, they could, yeah, and yeah, and yeah. when they 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 were put, the guards had to like shoot yeah. off because the, yeah. the doors opened at the back of the van. Do you yeah. remember that? Oh yeah, yes, exactly. and you oh, had yeah, to yeah, run yeah, yeah. after the van. Yeah. yeah. Did you feel frightened for um, the crowd? I was worried the way somebody I felt was going to be injured. Was that if I had been in charge of bringing that man to court, I wouldn't have done it that way. Uh, no, yeah. I I don't think they should have allowed the crowd into the. Yeah. Well, they could have shut the gates. I yeah, guess. they could have. They could have just let everybody. Do they have normally their say. bring people no. in that way? Yeah. yeah well, they, they have to come in that that that, that single all. gate, but right. there's a, there is a gate. But they can on the the left hand side of the courthouse as he faced the courthouse, right. which normally. It could have been that's around. where they go in around the back so yeah, it was yeah, unusual yeah. to bring him in the front it was a complete departure and bring him back out not I only bring him yeah. in look yeah. this yeah. was one of their own taken in this manner yeah, yeah. and at that stage they knew what had gone on and yeah, they could exactly, see yeah. this guy is yeah. just yeah. a monster yeah. and you can understand how emotion might have taken over yeah. but it could have gone di- very yeah, differently yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 it's unusual for the guards to let emotion I know without their judgement like that and I remember watching it thinking this is a bit crazy because yeah. it was man it was like yeah. what you see in well, America when yeah. you see yeah, yeah. Pear in America it was, yeah, yeah, exactly, it, it yeah. was and, and yeah, I've yeah, never yeah. seen that in yeah. Ireland before yeah, yeah, yeah. so yeah. yeah but anyway yeah, yeah of course was, as you know then when he came in then it was quite a short um, it was very short and, and Detective yeah. Sergeant David Scahill gave his evidence of yeah. arrest charge and caution and Judge Catherine Staines then remanded him in custody you know mm. and um it took from there then he was appearing in Cloverhill I think every other week and wasn't it yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, it's a long process for the family isn't it yeah, yeah. it is yeah, it really it is, is. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. it was 18 yeah. months now yeah yeah. Tw- yeah it's 22 months since 22 she was months since she died. Yeah. 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 yeah yeah it's a long process like and yeah just in relation to Joseph Puska himself and, and any background there was a, today there's no previous convictions in yeah. this country but yeah. there were reports of him potentially yeah. having uh, past sexual offences in other countries yeah. but nothing on that has been kind yeah. of confirmed again you know this is where we're, we're stuck you know there's still so much we don't know even though there's so much we know mm. you know about actually what happened that day and the various stories he told and we know so much about um, Ashling's short but really you know beautiful life in a yeah. way mm. un- until she was mm. she was killed Um we still don't know much. Don't know much about him. You know, I mean, people can't even get their heads around this thing that, and it was said today clearly in court that not only was he living in the house, right. but um, with his wife and the five children, and they're, they're very small children, um, but two of his brothers were there with their uh, families as well. So yeah. 20, 23, 24 people living in the same house. Now I've spoken to people who live nearby, mm-hmm. and they don't know. They don't. Re- recall noticing that there were so many in the house um i asked one woman living nearby you know um what did you make of him you know she said well he's he, all of us around here we, we never saw him was the way she put it you know we didn't really know anything about him you know mm. another woman had come yeah. across him and didn't notice anything about him you know um but I think I think when we look at killers like Joseph, like knowing what knowing what I know about killers and having studied killers and that, like it, yeah. it would be very unusual for somebody to commit an act like that yeah. without an escalation. So you yeah. can be sure 
that there would have been past behaviours. Yeah. Mm. Um, mm. And you can be sure, had he not been caught, he, he, he may have done harm. And he had been else. on the dating apps. Yes. Yeah, as well. So yeah. that was, yeah, yeah, yeah. he so, was painting himself as this honourable yeah. man taking yeah. care of the kids. But yeah. I remember mm. looking at the social media, his social media platforms yeah. at the time, and it was all photos of him with mm. his mates. Yeah. With the men folk. I saw something yeah. written about him with the men folk drinking. Oh, yeah, um, there yeah, was nothing yeah. about yeah. his family, no photographs no of his children man, or family. Yeah. He wasn't a family man. He was, he, yeah. you know. And, and yeah. with the sentence that he got, like, how long would we expect him to spend in prison? Like, will he get out? Like, Ashling had 23 years. He will get yeah. out before 23 years. Like, well, I think everybody was trying to send a very strong message today and even mm, last week in, the, in mm. the, the first, the public statement that Carl Murphy, Ashling's brother, and Ryan Casey, her boyfriend, you know, the stepped outside the, or on the steps of the, yeah. the Central, the Criminal Courts of Justice and they made that statement. And um, one of the things they did say was that you know it's imperative that Joseph Puss can never harm another woman again yeah, yeah. so to me that was a very clear message mm-hmm. that we want this fella to, to serve you know and he's, young, many he's years only what 33 of his life sentence yeah exactly yeah, yeah. exactly yeah. 20 years time he'll only be 50 straight that's you know? what, that's so, what I'm saying yeah. um, but there is legislation now that yeah. the minister brought in that in particularly heinous yeah. murders that that you can ensure that they don't get out yeah. it's uh, a whole life between sentence. 20 and 30 years yeah. you know that they can they could you could actually say he's not getting out before 30 years is served, you know? Well, the judge, he did say today that if he had the power to impose yeah. a, a long term, he would. Yeah. But he said, I don't have that power. Mm. And he, he so basically complained that he doesn't yeah. have that power. Yeah. He referred to the UK yeah. um, where they, they can they do can. that. Mm. He, he he said um, he made reference to the this particular murder being one of a, a high scale of gravity, I think is the way he put it, mm. you know. So I think people would accept that I think he used the phrase one size, we have a one size fits all approach as well. That's what he did say. So we have murder here, but I think everybody would agree that it's a terrible thing to say, but some murders are actually worse than others. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, um, I think it's accepted across the the country that no, we do need some sort of a minimum minimum sentencing here, you know, and some, some way of being more definite about her sentencing to, to reflect you know the individual crime you mm. know and I think everybody would agree that this one because he pleaded guilty because he told all these lies that you yeah. know um, it should be at the higher end yeah. you know yeah. um, people have this you know fear that these people get out you know well, if he 10 or 14 years well, he, well, he, yeah, he you know, could yeah, yeah. 53 he could that's still that's a man that yeah. could still do damage yeah, 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 yeah. you know and that yeah. would not be safer wherever he is yeah, I doubt yeah, it yeah. somehow I, yeah. I'd say he'll be serving longer than that I hope so yeah, yeah the judge did he did make a reference today to you know that's a matter for other authorities yeah yeah, yeah. I Whenever mean look there would be outrage you know yeah if he was released yeah. too soon yeah. you know and in terms of your career Gerald and yeah. um, just to you know move on for a moment like is this the case that you'll never forget like is this like, uh, it probably is yeah. yeah I remember when I was starting out many years ago there was another murder um, in Tullamore of a man um, and there were three individuals involved and um, one was actually convicted of murder another of manslaughter and another of, of assault causing harm um, but in that case, I remember the three of them were brought in and they were, you know, as one man put it, they sang like canaries, you know, they, yeah. they, yeah. they fessed up, you know. Yeah. Um, no, this one, I've, I've never come across the like of it. Mm. And of course, I now know that it's not just me, but yeah. even experienced people, you know, who mm. are covering crime and mm-hmm. 
uh, core to all their and, lives. And how do you mind yourself? You know? Yeah, but how do you mind yourself with stuff like that? Because we see journalists like yourself, Sarah, and we see and we see you presenting these most um, horrendous uh, details, and, yeah. and and you know we need to hear it from the media. But how how do you use like? Because I remember at the time, Sarah, and you remember, I remember I you so, texting me. I was I so yeah. concerned yeah. about you. One of my sisters so, texted me yeah. as well, and I remember them saying yeah. to me, you know, what do you do to? Well, I don't know. I mean, it was different in. for me. My, yeah. my mother is actually from the same parish, if you like, that mm. the, the Murphys live in. You yeah. know, and uh, when I was small, um, we used to go to mass occasionally in my mother's home parish if you like in the church which is Mount Bolas church and it was mentioned again today because um, the way Ryan Casey put it was that they were planning to get married ultimately and he would have liked to get married in, in Mount mm. Bolas church he actually mentioned it and I remember um, one of the vigils at the time of the, um, the just in the few days after she, she was killed you know was held in Mount Bolas J Club grounds you know I remember I'll be honest with you I was really emotional literally going along you know there yeah. you know just just beside the church i how do i mind myself i don't really know um trina i'll mm. be honest with you i know it's yeah. it's kind of it's it's i think it's healthy to find yourself going off for a little private cry about it and and i remember the day after he was charged i was very upset now so i had a moment in in the car it yeah. just kind of hit me because you're again you're you've got adrenaline and you're for the whole week and you're yeah. you're staying on it and yeah. you've got so many reports to put out and you're and 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 it's developing really mm. quickly so you're you, and then you do kind of crash a little bit oh yeah know. oh no i remember the pressure and you have to so much pressure to, yeah. but the contact was relentless because i remember once uh people found out that i had interviewed the original suspect just the volume of phone calls and texts That's you know right. what I mean? it was just, yeah. it was just non-stop which is fine you know I mean it's part of the job I suppose you, you kind of hope that it is once in a lifetime though yeah, back to yeah. your original yeah. question you know will yeah. it be this the, the thing you remember most yeah probably yeah. will be you know you, yeah. we all hope you know yeah, we do. that we these do. things don't happen again you know anywhere yeah. you know yeah, absolutely but the, unfortunately they do happen an awful lot yeah. you know there were messages coming in that week from around the world you know other places where women had been killed yeah. was it in Edinburgh there was a there was, a there, was a, killed it, there was a vigil held there was, there was a, an Irish you know? nurse yeah. and then in, yeah. in Australia yeah, there was exactly, an Irish yeah. girl who again yeah. was just walking home and it all kind of happened right. around yeah. that same time because yeah. 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 I, I was actually lecturing on psychopaths at the time wow. in university and all of these things happened wow. around that time yeah. and yeah. I remember them coming up in our classes and they were like, what's going on? Like, has the yeah. world tilted on its axis? Because there were three Irish girls. Yeah. yeah. All within a very short space of time. Yeah. And then there was the girl in England. Remember, they did yeah, the reclaimed right. night. And then, yeah. so it all kind of went mm. in space. Um, mm. It wasn't copycats, but like, yeah. I think actually some of the discussions I would have had with some of the academics that I worked with, it was in terms of the pandemic and that pent up oh, yeah. frustration yeah. for yeah. people yeah. like yeah. this who wouldn't have had the opportunity to, you know, fulfil their desire to annihilate actually went so far, yeah. you know. And it's just, but like you say... So many different factors. Yeah, there's so much. And it's very yeah. complex. But, um, like, you know, you're both journalists that I think we need to hear from. And I think, like you were saying, Sarah, that you have to allow yourself feel. I think that's, yes. that's the important piece, isn't it? Because yeah. if you ain't feeling... Oh, then I'd be very you worried would worry about, about yourself, wouldn't you? Absolutely, you would. Mm. You would worry about yourself. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I know yeah. it's true. I mean, you you mentioned you what do you the said job. You're in the car. I you, just the next yeah, day. Yeah, literally. Yeah, I think one of the days after one of the vigils, I remember driving home, and you know, yeah, 
suddenly you say, oh, my God, you oh know, God. like yeah. a wave yeah. that comes yeah, over. Yeah, exactly, and yeah. you've you've got have you got daughters? Yeah. Yeah. I've has two, it, two daughters. Yeah. Has it changed how you look at Tullamore and where you live? Um, I have to say, no, I'm certainly more conscious yeah. that we're different with me as a as a man. Mm. Uh, I have a completely different life from women, mm. whether that be my wife or two daughters, mm. you know, mm. Um they just don't have the same freedom, yeah. you know. You know, yeah. most men don't give it a second thought as to no. when or where they go no. for their walk or no. their run or what time or whether they have to walk home at night. I've yeah. noticed out, since you know. it though that men are a lot more conscious when they're walking behind women not to walk yeah. up because I sometimes will go for a walk even if yeah. it's dusk or whatever. Yeah. And I've noticed if I turn around, men will apologise and go sorry because yeah. they're conscious yeah. of mm-hmm. how disarming can be for a woman um, and I don't know if that's since Ashling's murder or not but I, I just notice it more now yeah. I think men are more cognizant yeah. of the fact yeah. that it's frightening for women if you walk too close and and men also I found and um, maybe I'm, I don't know maybe it's just me but they cross if oh, I'm yeah. walking they'll go <laughs> they'll go maybe it's just me maybe I'm giving them dirty looks but, I, I but they will they are yeah, yeah, they yeah. become much more aware in yeah. general they go space. they'll yeah. give you Women's your space, space. Yeah. 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 Which, yeah, yeah, yeah which nothing good can come out of what happened to Ashton but if the conversation yeah. can be had that yeah. people are a bit more cognizant about how people feel in the in the community where they live or, yeah. or work yeah. I think I yeah. think that's yeah. good look to yeah. me it's still sad that if a woman can't you know go out yeah. in public the same way it's the way of the can. world though yeah. it's yeah. the yeah. way of the world I appreciate that yeah absolutely um, Garou thank, thank you thank you thanks really appreciate your time thanks ever so much you can contact us on social media at Real Lives Untold. Our email address is reallivesuntold at gmail.com. And don't forget to subscribe to hear this season's episodes every Wednesday. You can listen on Apple, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts.